0: fan
1: oh i just nothing wrong with being a dire straits fan i just have never met a person who's a dire straits fan
2: i just what what uh, you dire... mean every father in the world
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i what what dire straits like what's their hits
2: money for nothing chicks money for free for uh sultan's a swing oh yeah uh, sultan's a a sw- actually yeah what am I saying? Sultans of Swing is definitely the most. Sultans
1: of Swing. What are they like a ska band? What's happening? Have
2: you heard Sultans of
0: Swing, Chad? Oh my God, Chad! You you, you know that like meme of like that kid from Arthur who puts on the <laughs> headphones and then like he's spirited away by musical notes. That's what listening to Sultans of Swing for the first time is
2: like. <laughs> when you hear when you hear the guitar lick on Sultans of Swing, you're going to yeah. be transported.
1: Okay, I was just saying I only know them mostly for Money for Nothing, but because Weird Al covered it, but it wasn't really a parody song. It was just I made it, He made it about Beverly Hillbillies who do get money for nothing.
0: It's weird because Money for Nothing is kind of a like ironic, like jokey song criticizing. Like, it's a, it's like a joke. It's a hat on a hat. It doesn't seem much like it needs a parody version of it because it's not taking itself seriously.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. It's why it's weird that Weird Al. It's weird that Weird Al, uh decided to make a non-funny homage parody song.
0: Maybe maybe it's really fun to play because, like, Probably. I know Mark Knopfler's musicianship is much admired.
1: It just UHF was really a big chance for for Weird Al to like jump into the mainstream cement his legacy yeah just his legacy and it's a goddamn hilarious movie it holds up really well but yeah. just for whatever reason there's like a two minute dire straits money for nothing music video in the middle of it while george falls asleep I'm like you could have put any of your other songs you could have put i lost on jeopardy yep. you could have put on frank's 2000 inch tv Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky instead of Mickey, which is you know, like, there's just so many other ones that would have been more of like, this is an
2: example of what
1: Al does.
0: I kind of always liked his original tracks more than his uh, parodies, if I'm being honest.
2: I did. I always enjoy when you could tell that it was yeah. one of his one of his hot hits. But I will say that the music video for that uh, parody was baked right in. Didn't have to worry about anything. And uh, maybe that little uh, mental offloading was what he needed in that moment. Chad, sure. Yeah. Maybe,
1: yeah. Maybe he it was really hitting the time. Kevin, I agree with you. Some of his his originals are the best. Frank's two thousand inch TV, an original. Just a great song. Why does this always
0: happen to me is like uh it's got Ben Folds on piano and harmonies. Oh shit. What's Why that? Why does this always happen to me? That's a good that's a good one. That's a good weird Al.
1: It's not it's not the Since You've Been Gone one.
0: No. It, it's an original.
1: I he's got great this is my this is my problem with the very it was a very good job with that weird fake documentary biopic movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it completely ignored, in both joke and seriousness, that Weird Al makes very good original songs.
0: Yeah. Charles Nelson Reilly? Like, that's great.
1: The Night Sand Went Crazy and Christmas at Ground Zero, two great original Christmas songs.
0: Albuquerque?
1: Oh my god, Albuquerque. I used to, in my heyday, (laughs) I knew every line of Albuquerque by heart. and And that is in a 12 or 14 minute song.
0: That'll take you a long way on a car trip, knowing all the lyrics to Albuquerque.
1: Parents love it. Parents love it when you just start saying it rapid, rapidly.
2: What's the one where he talks about tearing the wings off of flies? Those, those were the good old days, right? Is that in Yeah, the Good old days. Yeah. yeah I think
0: that's those are the good old days.
2: Oh, is that an, is that an actual song? No, I don't uh, think so.
0: I think that's a. I think that's a. I'm a, trying a, to find it. Original. I
2: can't find what album it's on. It's, I'm, I'm oh, over here. I know. Yeah. What is I it? I think it's <laughs> on the bad one. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It is. And it. Uh, it's a style parody of James Taylor. It is not. Yeah. It is an original song.
0: Whenever I see like a, a a dumb like movie clip or Breaking Bad clip on TikTok or whatever, and they've got the Gangsters Paradise like bass boosted or whatever slowed down in the background, I'm like. It's weird that they put Amish Paradise in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. How did I forget? Uh, Dare to be
2: stupid. Such a good
1: Devo-like, it made Mark Mothersburg mad.
2: Mark Mothersba. Mark Mothersba. So
1: sorry. So sorry. (laughs) I just wrote it. (laughs) Dare to be Stupid as a better Devo song than most Devo songs. Wow. Well, well wow. Yes. okay. That's yes. not that's not yes. true. Yes. Dare to be Stupid so good. It's not that. It's so <laughs> good, and it, it makes perfect sense that it was randomly in the Transformers animated movie. You
2: know what's funny is, uh, Chad, you and Nick Murphy have a lot in common in that yeah. you're both people that enjoy music that is funny a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are not. But I just I listened to nerdcore for
0: like 15 years of oh my life. Man. I just oh, think man. that
2: music's good enough. It doesn't need to be funny, too.
0: <laughs>
2: I like a mu- i
0: I'm a. I'm a big Fountains of Wayne fan. That's like quirky music. I like a. I don't mind. I like court. a witticism or or a, or a funny twist or whatever. I like comedy.
2: I would go more. They might be giants. I'd rather listen to. That's quirky. Yeah, they might be giants is funny. They're funny, but I but I feel like the it's you like the parody aspect of it. I think no,
1: no, I actually I I want to defend myself. I
2: yeah, I think the parody is my least interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, as you're saying, you actually prefer his non-parody songs. So I mean, that's not entirely true. Yeah. But but I just find that interesting because I like Nick is very into like the Lonely Island stuff, and I'm I've always uh-huh. been like I've always been like that's fine, but I don't need to have a sto- I don't know I don't need a story told to me while this is going on. I'm, you know, like. <laughs>
0: I, I like MC Frontalot, like, a lot. Like, he's kind of why I'm doing whatever the hell this is.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You talking about this podcast?
1: <laughs> I'm talking about this life. Life? Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: Because right. when, when in my early 20s, I watched the MC Frontalot documentary, and there's this scene where uh, he throws his back out going on his first, like, uh, national tour, uh, at, and he's, like, 35 or something like that. And he throws his back out in the middle of nowhere, and as like he finds a random chiropractor in the middle of nowhere, and as the chiropractor's cracking his back, he's looking into the uh, camera, and he says, I wish I hadn't waited till I was 30 to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I better get going.
2: Wise advice.
0: I like, uh, I, I like MC Frontal, a lot, and he has a good, like, he, he had a good comment on this, like, uh, in one of his like many skits on his albums because nerdcore did that for a while
2: I, Well, rap yeah. and rap also loved skits too well, rap rap, yeah. rap, rap loves a very good non sequitur sketch not the, yeah. the 90s were rap skit time you you listen to any like classic 90s rap album and you're like all right guys enough of the skits we got there's enough on here yeah none of, by the way none of y'all very good comedy writers but it seems like you're having fun so you
1: know what <laughs> You're, I'm not paying you by the minute, so whatever. Get this in here, I guess. Yeah. The Wu
2: The Wu Tang ones were funny, but scary.
0: He's doing a bit with Christian Shawl ab- about the meaning of life. Cool. And uh, she says something very inspiring, like if you're here and you're uh, and you and you want to create things, then maybe that's the meaning of your life. Mm-hmm. Frontalot responds with, "So it's possible I was put on Earth to make rap music that's routinely mistaken for novelty songs." It's like, yeah,
2: (laughs) absolutely. See, because he skirts the line of the novelty song, though. (laughs) I
0: think there is a line between like what the Lonely Island is, which is novelty music. Right. And I think probably self-described as novelty music.
2: Yes. I think Weird Al is certainly not. I mean, there is a certain element of novelty music to his music, but I think that. He definitely started as novelty music. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. But there's,
1: there's a musicianship to Weird Al and his group. I would defend the Lonely Island only in that whoever they have making a lot of their beats, some pretty good beats. Like mm-hmm. this, removed from comedy, could probably be a top forty hit if they wanted to be. A piece
0: yeah, of but it's not fucking Andy Samberg
2: making those
1: beats. <laughs> no, no. I imagine it's yeah. I imagine they have some bunch of I a, a wonder New York people that do all that. Yeah.
2: I wonder if it, if they would be. I I really would love to hear a song that is a purely sincere song from them. Cuz I'd
1: I'd be interested. Well, I guess I mean like music lyrics if you took away the, the lyrics away, I think a few of those could be like, yeah, you just change these words to be a little bit more about like palpable to Midwestern <laughs> audiences and you know like like I don't know Go Kindergarten is a fucking jam. Like that's yeah. a good song just yeah. minus the lyrics.
0: <laughs> we're we're also like on the line of is pop in general novelty music?
2: Mm, mhm.
0: Which Makes us sound a little pretentious if we put it that way, but yeah. pop
2: kind of. No, I mean, well, music. there uh, there is a certain amount of it that becomes novelty music because it becomes like a like there uh, there are pop songs that transcend into uh into the into the canon of gr- of great all time music, right? Yeah, and, and I th- and I think that there are weird ass songs that have done that.
0: But when pop transcends the canon into great all time music, it becomes a different genre.
2: So you're saying pop
1: as a sound, like well, before I mean, it gets big. Yeah. I
2: mean, pop would be impossible, I think, to to limit to a specific sound, right? Yeah. What even is pop music? You know,
0: it's music that plays people rather than Damn. music that is played by
2: people. Did you make that up, or is that? Uh, I think that's you know. Okay, smart. I'm not sure though. The
0: future kevin will know when he edits this episode (laughs) good luck (laughs) idiot i don't know dumb dumb you probably heard it on a youtube short because you're too coward to put uh tiktok on your phone i don't know who said that don't don't blame eno for your problems i love you bye
1: uh fly the concords some great original songs uh yeah sometimes funny Mm -hmm.
0: definitely novelty music.
1: Uh, Tenacious D, some fucking sick metal. Like, I think some of their songs, some of the best rock songs uh, I've heard in the last couple decades. I don't know.
0: Well, that's because they kind of are, like, putting on a lot. Like, they straight up play Smells Like Teen Spirit and Kickapoo.
2: Well, sure. But, like, J- Jables seems like an actually good guitar player. I, I'm not taking anything away from any novelty musician skill set. I do I, do, yeah. I truly yeah. believe that they're incredibly talented people. I just think that when I'm listening to a weird owl thing, there's a certain like layer, mental layer that goes over the top of the music that I'm like mm-hmm. I am I am I am having a laugh right now. And I'm not <laughs> I'm not have I'm not here to transcend into what whatever music does to your brain, you know. I don't mm-hmm.
0: think I can like passively
1: listen right. to novelty music cut to Chad just driving around all the day in his car just listening to random weird old tracks going Ha-ha, and then like singing along with having a good old time
0: that's okay that's great cut to kevin with his record player tenting his fingers in front of his face and like solemnly nodding his head to tenacious d being like yes i am fully present and listening to this
1: <laughs> wait wait what about how do, how do y'all feel about musicals because i feel like musicals have similar. similar is, well,
2: i one. can't i can't i'm not a musical person well. i'm
1: i'm damaged because i used to be a theater kid so
2: yeah it's just like i don't i'm not i don't need i don't need the like i don't need the the pomp and circumstance i could just listen to a song i don't need all this i don't need a story i mean sometimes now sometimes a song does tell a story and it's great but i don't know i don't know I don't know what I'm about. Paul's saying.
1: all about the vibe. Paul's all, it's all about, about. It's it. all about
2: vibe. I am an ambient Yeah, Paul,
1: Yeah, Paul's like, I want to listen to instrumentals only. Get these lyrics and words out of here. I
2: just want you to play something good. I mean, that's really what it
1: comes down to. <laughs> Singers start singing. And you're like, boo, stop talking. Shut up and let me hear the music.
2: <laughs>
0: that's how a Lucky Boy's Confusion song starts. <laughs>
2: Anyone out there listen to Lucky Boy's wow, Confusion? I uh, haven't listened to them in a long time. No, but it's I- been a long time. Fuck, man. Dude, that's a... I'm surprised you didn't listen to them. They got some ska in them. Chad? Oh, yeah, they came up a
1: little bit. They weren't they weren't one of my more regular rotations, but yeah, I heard them a little bit. They're great. Uh, you know it's a really good band I like to listen to and love their lyrics is uh, the band Polaris. Oh, fuck,
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were talking about that before you... While your uh, Discord was... We already
1: talked about that, <laughs> god damn i spent half an hour waiting for discord to connect so catch catch me in the audience up welcome to Goosebuds.
2: welcome hello i'm paul i'm chad i'm kevin chad where do you think that the polaris voice the no na na now uh where do you think that type of singing came from i mean wasn't that kind of popular in the 90s at the it time was, of it like was
1: blind lemon and whatever
2: we were saying like maybe maybe it started with dave but dave was like Dave B- Matthews started in 91 and he wasn't popular until at least 95, like widely popular until like 94, 95. When, so,
1: when was Nirvana?
0: Mental note Paul is on first name basis with Mr. Matthews. You called
2: him Dave earlier. <laughs>
1: Honestly, we kept saying Dave. I was like, Dave Grohl?
2: <laughs> that's a much better uh a much better dave for sure yeah
0: i i wish that was the go-to dave
1: i i mean yeah what, what about nirvana because like i feel like kurt cobain was kind of popularizing that
2: like slurred a little bit like you kind of like moan they were more they were far more widely popular in 91 than dave matthews was
0: but yeah. but like the two bands we've referenced or the three i guess polaris dave matthews band and uh nirvana i don't all think equally be important for- I don't think they could be further apart.
2: No. Hmm.
1: So
0: there's got to be some root.
1: And to I don't think, the...
2: yeah, I don't think uh, Kurt's vocals were quite like that.
1: What about like crash test dummies? Mm. Another, another band that
2: weird Al covered.
1: Crash test
0: dummies. Now Chad's got his fucking Once music nerd glasses.
2: Yeah. You know that one. That was ni- Yeah, They were 91 as well. That's you. Know, that might be on the cutting edge. I, uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I don't know enough about nineties pop music. Uh, to be able to really tell you what where it, where it came from, I was just wondering if you if you had any thoughts on it.
1: No, I actually I have I have, I have a guess. Well, this is something I if I can share inside government secrets with you all. I, oh I, wow!
2: Please do. Um, there's a
1: there's a much popular conspiracy theory that early in the <laughs> early '90s, at the edge of the '80s, um, George Bush Senior was a little bit worried about the new youth voters and really wanted to slow them down a bit, and he developed a bit of a um a sonic a sonic attack. Yeah, it would uh just kind of slow down the conversational nature of young progressives uh-huh. so that they wouldn't be able to share their ideas as fast and spread wow. information and uh he targeted the musicians uh first cuz they were the you know the cultural leaders
0: are you saying that George Bush senior went yeah. out with a trank gun and yeah. tranked uh, Kurt Cobain in the throat so that he would slur his
1: speech. But not a train gun with like a little ray gun he had the government make for him.
2: And that's got why, and, okay, so that's why every 90s singer had the kind of like a a na now thing going yeah. on. Eddie better?
1: Like he got any better? And everybody used to talk like a carnival barker. And now, <laughs> you know. But
0: he could never get, he could never get John McRae of cake. Like, he could never, <laughs> he could never catch him. He was always articulate.
2: Have you ever heard him sing when he wasn't shot by the, the control laser? Like, it. <laughs> It, it, it makes buster rhymes sound slow <laughs> oh he hated buster rhymes he couldn't get him buster was constantly no, Busta was like like too fast ducking through ducking through alleys and moving and moving. Uh, george that one hype that one hype williams video where he's got where he's in the like suit and he's like bouncing around that's just his regular put m- your hands where my eyes can see yeah suit. that's just his regular uh, m- movement speed he's not sped yeah. up in any way in that
1: yeah buster rhymes is basically a low level speedster
2: uh, I'm gonna say it's Pearl Jam. Say it's Pearl Jam, by the way. That <laughs> yeah. did that did the voice first.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You guys are just burning time. Like you think we're not gonna have a lot to talk about with okay, a 22 <laughs> minute episode of Pete and Pete? Up,
1: I set up. <laughs> let's let's talk about. It. Uh, if you're new to the podcast and somehow you've listened to all of this and still wondering what the hell we're gonna talk about, normally we cover the YA books of R.L. Stein and other great nineties novels. But sometimes we cover TV. Uh and one of our beloved nineties shows we like to cover is The Adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon. Yay. Yay. This
2: is for us.
0: Yeah. Tonight what? This is for you especially, Paul. Th- this this
2: oh, this one was definitely for me. We every yeah. now and then we like to take a little breather from Stein's works. And uh Pete and Pete is I'll say it right now, is our safe space. It's where we like to go to retreat <laughs> Mentally and yep. and be and feel safe and know that uh, true uh, love and compassion for children's media did exist in the 90s. Yep.
0: Even in the third season of Pete and Pete, which someone would argue is a little little Pete heavy and also way too Nona heavy. Uh, oh our, my God, Nona,
2: get out of here, yeah, Nona! Jesus no, Christ, Michelle Trachtenberg, you're cool, uh, <laughs> but but. But I will say that I the seams were showing a little bit with some of the Nona stuff. I felt like Harriet the Spy was sneaking its their way into our show here. Was this yeah. pre- this had to be pre Harriet the Spy? One, probably, year, probably, right? one year previous.
1: I was watching this with the lens of like, what is it about this character and actor that made
2: Nickelodeon go, We need to go all in on Michelle Track Right. right? <laughs> like- <laughs> she is she's doing I look, I think she out acts uh young Pete in this one.
0: Yeah, young Pete's f- feeling a little directionless, but he was never Lil' Pete was never meant to bear the weight of a serious business story. No, and this is kind of Looney Tunes compared to the first uh, season of Pete and Pete. Like everyone's kind of uh, gone through the Flandersization yes. process, yeah. where
1: yeah, Pete Pete's like a narrator, where it almost feels like he's not, which he's done before, obviously, but yeah. Something about this one I feel like is Pete like thirty now? Oh you're Those talking old about Pete? old you're talking about Big Pete. Old, yeah, oh yeah. Big Pete. Big Pete's yeah. just kinda like in a room talking to the camera as if he's now
2: like a documentarian as opposed to the older brother. He always he's always done that, but I do agree that Big Pete is looking looking older in this one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um Artie has
1: left at this point. Is that where it was? I was just really missing Artie. I think okay. the cha- yeah.
2: I think it's the missing chaos of Artie, and I do think yeah. that this is a this is a strange episode for Little Pete too, because Little Pete uh, is his he's lost a little bit of his of his uh, mojo here because he, his lucky coin is, is is dead.
0: I I think overall this works for like losing Artie is kind of interesting for the for the series. It often doesn't work in in a lot of ways, like. It often feels kind of like all the magic has left the world Mm -hmm, (laughs) sometimes. Um, But also, that's kind of like what growing up is. So, like, uh, Little Pete not having Artie and also mourning the death of his penny, like, it kind of all seems to, like, fit into this general vibe that's happening in the third season of it's Little Pete's turn to grow up. No, we're not interested in you, Big Pete. You're too much of a teenager now. You're not interesting to the kids.
1: Go away, please. I, I even though I, th- I think as a kid, even though I was probably young Pete's age, I think I was still more interested in Big Pete. They just
0: couldn't fig- even in season one. They had to struggle to figure out what to do with him.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Big I, Pete. I, I feel like Big Pete's yeah. great at framing the episode. I think he's an incredible mm-hmm. narrator. I think he does a great job of adding the tone and voice to this show. Um, it really. Most of the stories really should focus on Little Pete, though, I think. For the audience, at least.
0: I, I recently watched Halloweenies, which is a really awesome uh, Big Pete episode.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um,
0: and it's the Halloween episode. And uh, it's sort of about like being on the edge of teenagerhood. Uh, like uh, Little Pete wants to hit the candy trick-or-treat record. And Big Pete is like, I'm too old to go trick-or-treating with you. All of my friends are going to make fun of me.
1: Yep,
2: in there. Uh,
0: yeah, it's great. It, that's a good that's a good little bit of conflict. This one is like entire it, this one's all magic, I feel. Like yeah. with, with a little bit of a lesson shoved in there. I don't mean to like shit talk this episode. It's no, really no. good. It's better than like, you know, 90% of TV out there.
2: Absolutely. It's just
0: the seams are showing a little
2: bit. The seams the seams are showing and I think I just think it really is the fact that Pete is not little Pete is yeah. uh, he isn't able to be the ball of chaos that he normally is because he's he's like he's carrying the one ring throughout yeah. this episode. This is the lo- <laughs> this is the Lord of the Rings uh, Fellowship of the <laughs> Ring of Pete and Pete. <laughs>
1: And, well. and you know, which has already been established that
2: by losing Artie, it was sort of like losing Gandalf. Yes. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Artie is yet to come back as Artie the blue, uh, which he comes back with. <laughs> <by. laughs> yeah, the,
1: no, the colors on
2: his shirt are just inverted. Yeah. It's still yeah. red and blue stripes. They're just <laughs> but in It's spots. more blue when he comes back.
1: Yeah.
0: I love I love more than anything this first shot of Big Pete walking up the stairs in this like golden like morning light. Oh, it's beautiful. With the dramatic music playing and everything. And
2: he has this cool oversized shirt, which is popular now.
0: Yep. Uh, everything's,
1: everything's a cycle.
2: Everything's a cycle. Um and he and I I what I love about this opening scene is uh he comes into little Pete's room and little Pete is laying on the ground, uh distraught and he's like he's like, you know, you learned about death. Uh, you know and that's a part of life and I like that I love compassionate older Pete it's a nice moment to show an older brother Yeah on TV you don't typically get to see uh, siblings getting along and it's nice to see that
1: Yeah no it
0: it's nice that they have it's nice to see something where like the two brothers aren't antagonistic toward each other when they butt heads it's usually over something important Mhm not just to like mm-hmm. fuck with each other Right Um and uh we learned that uh the magic double-headed uh penny that uh Little Pete Owens has run out of luck.
2: Are we sure that it has run out of luck? But then we see as he climbs into the top bunk, <laughs> he falls through the bunk onto the yeah. bottom bunk. And he's pretty sure. With,
1: with the skill of Buster Keaton. <laughs>
2: <It> was, <laughs> was Ke- You're right. It was Keaton-esque.
1: Keaton-esque. He, he falls in, his, in his, butt, his bed that definitely was not made of plywood just for that bit.
2: Uh-huh. Um, and we also, oh, you know, I totally skipped over. So we, we see uh, some examples of the luck that it has brought him. Uh, it's capable of stopping him from getting uh, spli- uh, splashed with cherry splurt uh, yep. from a can of cherry splurt. Him and his father are, are handed uh, cherry splurt by their mom, by the mom. and uh, <laughs> We all de- know what cherry splurt is. We all know uh, what mm-hmm. cherry splurt is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah drink cherry splurt. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm dropping the name as much as possible because it's something we all know and understand. Uh, and it's, it splurts dad, but it doesn't splurt. Uh, it doesn't splurt <laughs> little Pete. And uh, it's it's a good moment. And then I really love this. We were just talking about this on a. I don't know yeah,
0: if it, yeah. I was like, this is the exact shot that you like. Yeah,
2: this was. Uh, so the next bit that we see is uh, Pitstain, uh, the mm. bully who the bully who hates little Pete uh, has some, quote, Cold War weaponry, which I thought was uh, very fun. <laughs> Uh, he opens a a uh, a war cooler uh, that's been keeping a snowball c- uh, cold through this into the summer uh, to attack Pete with, and when he flings the snowball, uh, we go to uh, Star Wars speeder bike cam. Here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Chad, Chad, do you remember? I recently was explaining how they did that shot, and the way they did it was they attached the speeder bike front to the front of the camera, and then walked around with it and sped it up. Yeah, and that's all they yeah. did in this was they uh, put the
1: e- evil dead shot. A
2: little bit. Well, I think he. I think that is uh, derived from the speeder bike shot. Is what I would. What I would. Argue yeah, that with.
1: makes that would make sense. It does happen in terms of years. Yeah. Yes. It's great. It's very Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm.
2: And we get, we get a great sequence. It bounces off of a volleyball net and then uh, slaps uh, Pitstain right in the face.
0: Pitstain, I like him as a villain. He chews the scenery very well. Mm-hmm. He is kind of a less threatening version of Endless Mike Hellstrom. He's which no, is, Endless Mike. Uh, Endless
2: Mike is a tremendous name.
0: Endless Mike Hellstrom is like insane and scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just a like he was sort of more of a big Pete villain, and this is like the junior fied mm. version of Endless Mike, right? Right, right down to like the redhead slurs he shouts at the one of the Pete brothers.
1: I do like that Pitstain at least has a, a vengeance against Little Pete for dubbing Pitstain with his own name. Uh, <laughs> as <laughs> As a kid who sweat too much, both in the past and in present, I, I felt for Pitstain in this a little bit. He bullies because he feels like he is a monster in society and... <laughs> Um, he I'm is aware my- that his shirt is always wet, and that everyone's aware of seeing his armpits and I understand why he
0: lashes out. My problem is my glands. your problem is my fist.
1: <laughs> a lot <laughs> of the usages of the word glands, so we're also teaching kids about science here
2: oh, that I loved there's a couple of lines that I wrote down throughout this that that was sort of like the um the quick short the shorthand for. Uh, Kid humor was to just drop like a scientific term that they probably don't fully understand, but they know is yeah. kind of goofy sounding. I don't remember where it falls in the um plot of this story. But at some point, Older Pete says the spleen sucking truth, yep. uh, Yeah, which is just a great and it has no, There's, it's not relevant to spleens in any way. It's just a really great line that kind of yeah. is that it's that faux Adventure Time cursing stuff, right?
0: Yeah, it's the clean filth.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, Dwayne. I was going to call him Dwayne Wade. That's not his w- name. Uh, Wayne.
0: Uh, Wayne. Wayne the Pain.
1: Wayne the Pain. Uh, multiple times goes like super genius. And I was like that might as well just been Finn from Adventure. Yeah. Yep. Pretty
0: much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I love Wayne, and we'll get to Wayne. Um, oh yeah, we're getting. But to Wayne. like, oh yeah, I wanted to complain about Nona.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, so we get we uh, you know now now that we've gotten the setup here, right? So the coin has run out of luck. Pitstain is now a menace to yep. pete's life little pete's life uh we yeah. are given the new credits uh without Artie. uh yep e- ellen gets a gets a, a little a highlighting spot which is good for her uh i think she
1: had one in the first Was she season? in the first one i can't remember I if,
2: if never 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 enough ellen
0: yeah no never enough ellen
2: no and they try and so uh nona uh played by michelle trachtenberg is our new uh our new arty i guess our new sidekick for little pete gets a yep. gets a highlighting named spot in the credits
0: will will also later see Monica who is not important enough to get uh, no. a spot
1: in the opening <laughs> Yeah, credits. yeah.
0: But does do a lot this episode and also Wayne who also does not get a spot in the episode. Somehow
1: They're... Nona is somehow crucially important to this episode but also not at all. Uh Yeah. She's like a mas- she's like a master of luck lore <laughs> and and it's established that she is sur- filled with luck uh artifacts. Yeah, she's got a lucky lucky candy necklace, uh lucky earrings, lucky underwear. She goes lucky underwear and she whispers, which feels like a dark secret to share.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and, and but then as this entire episode is about luck being drained relying on luck. I don't know, at some point I was kind of waiting for for Nona's own like faith and luck to be challenged. Well, it is. Yeah, she does. Ne- she is at she one never
0: point. gets to change really. I mean, she gets to fight Monica, about one. it, like, yeah. There's not, yeah. I don't
2: think a, a character change occurs through that, but she does get her, her luck, uh, her faith in luck is, is shaken in that moment, yeah. Stupid fucking hat, stupid hat.
0: <laughs> I love that stupid hat. It's a good, stupid hat. <laughs> yeah. I have a hat very similar to that hat, which Kevin, is you I, would rock like the fuck out hat. of the
1: hat. I think you would yeah. wear it better than Nona would have.
0: Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm always down to kind of punch it that nona as a tiny child that is a little bit annoying
1: isn't it fun to just make fun of the small child who can't can't fight back it isn't real
0: i wonder how much of this was her idea <laughs> like is she just doing her best was there pressure from her parents like what's happening with oh uh,
1: yes i feel for every child actor they yeah they're they're all doomed <laughs> uh when i was watching this this episode today um my partner heidi was like Oh, Michelle Trachtenberg, and she went on this tirade by Howard Buffy. I guess Michelle Trachtenberg's show's character shows up as sort of a like Deus Ex Machina MacGuffin character with uh-huh. applause all around, revolving around her. Yeah. And I was like, is that kind of a weight that Michelle Trachtenberg just carried into her shows was sort of a like
2: Poochie no one the asked Dog. For you, Michelle Trachten-
1: <laughs> yeah, the Poochie the Dog quality sort of thing
2: of like, I kind of take over this. Oh no, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Everywhere <That's-> she goes. <laughs> Because you're right, I because I remember she showed up, and I think she has a bit of a uh, a, a Wesley Crusher vibe to her as well. Yes, although yes, Wesley yes. Wesley showed up like that from the beginning. Yeah,
0: and, and, and also and because what, yeah. she's so wacky, like she, she kind of like forces Pete into a more like um, boring.
1: <laughs> she's like, making little Pete the straight man. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And um, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but. Death you know, to Nona,
1: I'll say it. It's
0: it's basically like, <laughs> basically there there are four Pete's. There's like,
2: uh, I love I love that you quoted Wendy Williams about Nona. By the way, thank and you. Death <laughs> to all of them. Death <gasps> to all of them. <laughs> yeah, you're right there. It, they well, that's okay, and that's the problem is we're looking. Yeah. We're not seeing our beautiful, beloved little Pete. We're seeing we're not we're not
0: seeing B plot little Pete. We're seeing A plot little. We're Pete, seeing and A, that's sad.
2: A A-pl- plot A plot little Pete refracted <laughs> refracted into four strands of light four weaker strands of light <laughs> is the problem yeah,
1: break, down these, break down these four peats for me please yeah here, I'll make you a Pete web yeah we'll, okay.
2: <laughs> there's well there's the, the true Pete uh aka real little Pete uh which is just uh um down downfall Pete it's just weak Pete yeah. uh yeah. and then we have Nona who is probably uh is a Loki Pete right yep pure chaos Pete what is Monica I guess
0: Monica is uh, like competent nerd Pete. Like, mm. she's like the Pete that got the jetpack from the mail order. Well,
1: or I, I think that's if she, based on this episode, if she's a Girl Scout, I would assume she kind of represents order in Pete. Yeah, she's like, she's like, she's a
0: Krebs Scout,
1: technically. Yeah, I loved Krebs Scout. That's, yeah, yeah. Because that's
0: like the big mega corporation is Krebco. Yeah,
2: we, we learned about the Krebs Star flashlight later in this episode, too. Yeah. <laughs> She yeah, she's more like she's the confidence that that uh, weak Pete uh, that downfall and Pete doesn't have right now, right? Can we call which yeah. punished. Can we call him punished, punished Pete? Punished, punished Pete. Pete. There we go. Yes. Much better. Much better. Punished Pete doesn't have his confidence. He doesn't <laughs> yep. have his chaos, which is Nona, and he doesn't have his uh, vivacity, which is the what pay- Wayne the Pain has.
0: Yeah, Wayne Wayne has the energy. His vivaciousness. Mean, Wayne vivacious- has the <laughs> hmm. Um, there's a really uh, so we. I think Nona tells him this. Yeah. Nona says that Pete can recharge his penny's luck if he puts it on train tracks and a train runs over his penny. That will recharge all the luck in his penny. And uh, that's what they do. They hitch a ride over to Glurt County where Pete's mom uh, visits the platesmith the plate once Smith, a
2: month, which is uh, perfect. A, it's a perfect moment. And it really, they needed more platesmith in this. One,
1: one of one of the funniest jokes I think I've ever seen on this series is that. Yeah. The mom with a plate in her head goes to a blacksmith in town. <laughs> yeah, for just like, regular
2: head repairs. It's very funny. He's he's pounding out head plates outside <laughs> of his shop when they show up.
1: Presumably, do you think he's swapping in new ones, or do you think
2: they're he's repairing her current plate? I think he pounds them right in.
1: It it hints <laughs> at an
0: ancient tradition of head plate craftsmanship that. Oh
2: like, yeah,
0: I think is beautiful. It adds so much to the. It's <laughs> to like trepanning.
1: World. You have to just like hit it in at a certain
2: angle, and it goes into the head. Yeah, without without ki- without killing or changing the personality of the plated person.
0: Yeah, so they they hitch a ride uh, over to the tracks from the plate, from Pete's mom over to the platesmith, and then they put the penny on the tracks. And then later, when uh, Pittstein is kicking the shit out of little Pete, and it has to have his whole ass saved by bus driver Stu Benedict, <laughs> who is. Now some sort of superhero in this episode for some reason, like he's like super cop.
2: And also, yeah, neighborhood <laughs> cop sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't
1: he, wasn't he used to be the antagonist of Little Pete? No. Well, one,
0: I think the episode we watched with bus driver, Stu Benedict, and it was when his uh, girlfriend broke up with him. Oh, okay. And he, right. and he made every bus drive really, really long by talking about every single place he used to visit with, with his ex-girlfriend.
2: Yeah. He's found himself in a place of power now. He's found his power within his calling. Yeah. Which is bus driving.
0: So bus driver Stu Benedict uh says that if uh <laughs> if Pete leaves that penny on the tracks then the train's going to derail and every, and it's going to go up in a fireball and everyone on the train's going to die.
2: And and so Pete uh knows that he knows what he has to do. He knows right from wrong and that he has to return and and remove the the ring.
0: But all Pitstein gets out of this information is that Pete's penny is alone and
2: unguarded and yeah. about to be recharged oh. with luck.
1: I was so frustrated that little Pete revealed his weak-
2: weakness right now and his big plans. <laughs> I mean, I think Pitstain knew before I don't know. I can't remember if he knew before this. He's aware that Pete is in is in uh paint Pete mode right now. Yeah, punished Pete. P- pun- sorry, punished Pete mode. Uh, yeah, so- but but Metal Gear but
1: like you know but metal- <laughs> what's called Metal Gear. <laughs> punished Snake shouldn't be telling Revolver Ross a lot, like, oh, I'm I'm going to get I'm going to get the La 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 Lou crystal over and...
0: I'm, I'm fine on contrivances if they save us time in a 22-minute episode. It's fine.
1: It's fine. Just, just being to say Pete made a mistake.
2: He made a mistake. He makes I a huge mistake. He did, ha- But he yeah. does have the, the the guardian of Stu, uh, Bus bus Driver Stu, who gives this great line uh, when Pete is about to be walloped by Pitstain. Uh, Stu stops him and Pitstain is sweating. He's dripping sweat. He explains that it's hot out. It's really he's not that he has glandular problems. It's just a hot day. <laughs> to which Stu responds, "I think the weather's perfect for you to take a hike." Blam! That's almost R.L. Stein level burn. <laughs>
1: uh, is this, does he also the one who informs uh, Little Pete about the uh, Ill- illegality?
2: of of putting the pen which normally Pete would care well Pete doesn't care he doesn't care about the illegality he's like fuck it I don't give a shit but then he tells him about the it's the consequences of his actions upon other innocent people primarily their luggage uh, that he's Mm -hmm. concerned about which
1: is an interesting I think ethical uh, morality distinction to make for little Pete is that he doesn't care
2: about the law but he cares about lives
0: right yeah it's like a microcosm of waking dead divine right there
2: I love that that's one of your uh, 12 movies, and n- neither Chad or I have seen it.
0: Yeah. I don't talk about Waking Ned Divine nearly enough. That movie's fucking incredible. I've
2: only ever heard of this movie via you. Ah, uh,
0: man. Maybe we should Maybe we should watch Waking Ned Divine for St. Patrick's Day this year.
1: We're doing it. All right. Sure.
0: All right. So the the quest is clear. Uh, he marshals Monica and Nona to do the walk uh, 10 miles through the woods to get the penny.
1: Yeah, this is the same day, right? Presumably, he is, not to get caught up in that, but yeah, he got a ride with mom, got a ride back, yep. had time to process, and now he has to do a 10-mile ride. We, I was wondering if this was really 10 miles, or if it's like kid logic, where it feels like it's 10 miles.
0: I mean, we see a map.
1: Maps <laughs> yeah, don't lie. Map's not. To, map's not to scale.
2: Maps
0: never I lie. I mean, a child can walk 10 miles. We don't know if it's 10 miles by car or 10 miles as the crow flies whatever it's a it's a it's a hike not quite a stand by me level experience but but i
2: was waiting for them to find a dead body it is certainly set up to be we have the shot of the railroad track uh Mm -hmm. going off into the distance we do a reverse shot of the three children standing on the track uh and that's when Nona does her uh her luck ritual from the old country uh and uh which they believe i think is wisconsin Yep. <laughs> um and she performs her luck ritual uh and then they set out um and then wh- Monica is the other girl's name, right?
0: Monica, yeah.
2: And Monica yeah. is a Krebs scout and she has um a knife with a called the viper. Called the viper <laughs> which has a, a compass on it as well. Uh and then we get Wayne the Pain shows up.
0: Wayne the Pain shows up. I love Wayne. Wayne rides the line of being annoying, but I think he's Portrayed as more lovable than anything.
2: I agree.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, they acted like he was really annoying, and I, yeah, I,
2: I don't know. Did you guys have a? Did you guys have a Wayne the Pain growing up, or were you oh, the Wayne course. the Pain?
1: Yeah, I think I was Wayne the Pain. I don't know. <laughs>
0: did you bring the flashlight though?
1: Probably just because Wayne
0: gets to f- hang because he got because he brought the flashlight that nobody remembered to bring.
1: Yeah, I, I think I find Wayne interesting because he's not like a nerd archetype he is clearly into sports because he loves counting yardage as if he's a football player yeah he loves running
2: yeah. and and uh voiceovering himself like a lot of kids do It's a great but, but he's like a dorky
1: fat kid uh, and then he knows like random tidbits so he's kind of just a a, a grab bag of a person
0: Jed, knowing about sports does not make you not a nerd
1: <laughs> no but in tv in tv rules i feel like that defies most of the tropes yeah is... that,
0: that makes him count as a complex character almost <laughs> just like
1: he can't be like
0: it gives him nuance it's cool yeah
1: yeah yeah wayne's great well i noticed at one point uh big a narrator refers to this group as the nightcrawlers
0: yeah which they're not they aren't which is weird stolen valor <laughs> Stolen Valor. <laughs> Pete's the only original Nightcrawler there. I don't. I'm maybe Nona sure. was there.
2: Maybe. Nona I, don't have... Nona was, I
0: don't think Nona. I don't think. We Nightcrawler covered Nightcrawlers a on a
2: previous one. episode. I, I know, yeah. but I, so I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe she was in the background. Maybe Monica was there. No, I'm
1: looking up. I'm, I'm looking up right now. The There's a girl who's from the Princess Diary. She was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like other kids we've never seen. But Nona did not exist yet. She, this was, It was a season one episode uh including a kid from heavyweights other actors who went on to other things but are not in the rest of the show maybe
2: maybe the nightcrawlers are are just pete's gang and if you're in pete's yeah. gang you're a nightcrawler maybe that's well, they it
0: were works. crawling through the night so maybe that's enough to make you a night that's crawler. good
2: we'll get well let's give
1: it to him i think it's oh so it's enough. like maybe or it's like a guns and roses where it's like axel just kind of keeps giving the name to him and his friends
0: yeah yeah Jeff, exactly. all you have imdb open do you know if wayne ever did anything else
1: Oh, uh, great. I looked up uh, Pitt Stain. He stopped acting in 2002. I was very curious. Good
2: for him. <laughs> <laughs> he got out. Bless you. He got <laughs> uh, Let me go back to you. Just Justin, uh, Justin Rest- Restivo, a.k.a. Wayne the Pain, was in Dirty Grandpa as an additional crew, so he's still working in, oh, oh. He's still in... He's still in the industry. He's not so much acting. Working behind oh, the wait, scenes. Oh, wait, no. He is still acting. He was in uh, a TV series called Bull. Um, I don't know. Bull? <laughs> he was in Bowl. Bowl! So Wayne has the flashlight.
0: Nona has the lunch. And uh,
2: I love the flashlight. It's the Krebstar. I don't know if it, it was the Krebstar 1000. It was just a Krebstar flashlight. But he describes it as having a frog man on the on the box that's <laughs> yeah. using it at 1000 feet of water, which means almost nothing to me. But also, <laughs> it's so incredibly evocative that it means everything. Yeah. yeah.
0: You can trust that flashlight yep. as long as you remember to, you know pack fresh batteries.
2: If it works for a frogman, it works for me.
0: <laughs> good enough for a
1: frogman. Good. I for understand me. the appreciation of a good a good heavy duty flashlight and that making you feel like uh Thor with his hammer as a kid. I do understand that.
0: That's very 90s too is like the um the technology that's like rated for depth, like the watch that can go a thousand yes. feet underwater.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: very silly. Uh
1: we haven't mentioned that uh now that pitstain is on uh Little Pete's trail, because it's like I will get to, I will get to the coin first and steal Pete's luck so that I can just pound him all the time on on the bait. Uh, he has two, uh, interesting, I think, lackeys, uh, yep. you know, the,
0: yeah, yeah, like kind of low level, but named Batman goon.
1: The, the, yeah. The saber, the saber tooth and mystique to his magneto. Maybe his right. yeah, um, hairnet and drawstring hairnet and drawstring.
2: <laughs> the fun thing is that they're not named until uh, the end of the third act, which is really an interesting thing because they're shown multiple times. In fact, they're shown while uh Pittstain is working out his plan. To be dropping bowling balls on (laughs) toy frogs in a swimming pool, in a child's swimming pool.
0: Yeah, and uh, he says, I'll get Wrigley's luck and he'll be Crispy Duck. Hey, guys, I made a rhyme. And they just clap politely.
2: It's. It they're great they're great little characters. Um when we get their that's names That's goons, that's good goons. They're good goons. They have mm-hmm. uh they have good nicknames. Uh Hairnet wears a hairnet, drawstring has a hoodie, which he pulls closed.
0: I like whenever we see Pittstein and his goons, they're always kind of Wes Anderson posed. Yes.
1: Know. Oh, there's so much Wes Anderson in this show. <laughs>
0: Like they're always like super constructed. Like uh, Pitstain is like in the foreground, and like uh, the the goons are in the background, yeah. or something like that. Or they're on, are they're on different levels when they're eating lunch? Like it's always like really hyper constructed stuff, and I love it.
2: I love what I think you're picking up in this episode about the West Anderson vibes. Is like, for instance, when they set out on the journey um, to retrieve <laughs> the the coin, um, the shot opens up on a what is a standard. A uh, tall grass field in in New mm-hmm. Jersey, right? But it's con- it's constructed in a way. One, through being in a f- uh, a four three aspect ratio for standard definition <laughs> television. But the way that they uh, the way that he brings Pete into the shot, where he walks into the left third of the frame, uh, in this very well constructed straight on shot. Uh, and then he speaks into the frame and then walks into the into the shot. And then he's followed by his his night crawlers uh, is just a very like Wes Anderson way to approach that shot. Right.
0: All they have is a camera like that's it. Like that's the only, that's like the most like twist they can put on anything is at least the camera work can be good.
2: Yeah, yeah. there's it, it is. This one's great because. I would say two-thirds of this episode is shot in the woods. And as as I was watching it, I was actually really kind of getting uh, nostalgic for a video that I made with uh, Nick Murphy and and Chad. (laughs) Chad, you were uh, tangentially involved. You got us the opportunity, our our Spooky Squad episode. Oh, Yeah. yeah! Because having shot something in the woods you really don't have a lot to work with in terms of set design, right? You really, mm-hmm. yeah. you, your characters become the props. Mm-hmm. Well, you can not you can't tell Dom to start punching trees down to make space if you need that to. Was, that was <laughs> one of my favorite gags in that. Uh, it's a great episode because I think they do 100% have to rely Upon
0: character acting and camera work and camera work and
2: the, and the props like like I was saying like the yeah. the props or the or sorry the props are the characters, and using them to stage scenes like you were saying with with the goons like yeah. if it were just stain following them the the possibilities and maybe that is why they gave him two goons was yeah. just to have something around him to make the scenes more interesting looking.
0: Yeah, because like there's that scene where Nona, uh, like forgets the lunch or whatever, forgets like the little unicorn lunchbox and. She's like, well, you you guys wouldn't like it anyway. And then there's this cut to Pitstain and his goons eating like a full turkey and
2: lobster and a wedding uh, cake, a, a wedding, a cake. Wed- yeah, a multi-tiered <laughs> wedding cake. It's a very funny joke.
0: Nothing that could possibly fit in a little lunchbox, but it, it's it's great. It's such a cute little gag, and it's funny to see. It's funny to see the bad guys like win, like because you know, just because. Pete's unlucky in this episode. Mm-hmm. So like the, the B plot kind of has to be around like these not exactly charming, just like interesting weirdo bad guys.
2: Yeah. It's a really fun episode. I think uh, it, they, like we were saying, the story seems are showing a little bit. I think they're the weaknesses yeah. of, of, of some missing characters are showing, but I think they're doing a lot and probably with a much less than they typically had. Right. Because I'm assuming this third season, is shorter. Uh, and I'm yep. assuming the budget was massively cut for this one as well. I
0: th- I think it was the same length as two. Oh, was
1: but it? But it's okay. kind of hard to determine. Man, I gotta say, go, going back and looking to season one, they're so much younger. It is wild. Yeah, yeah there was there were big gaps in between. Kevin, seasons. you're
2: you're right. They are 13 episodes in season two and three. Uh,
0: Man, can you imagine 13 episodes in a season?
1: Can you imagine? It's a beautiful it's, number. It's it's, it's tough.
0: Uh. <laughs> so our 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 crew fights and then they make up and then they make it to the tracks.
2: Yeah, but in the fu- in the fight they do lose uh the Viper. The
0: Viper the Viper is never replaced. The,
2: Vi- the Viper is never replaced and I believe that um some of uh known as lucky items are lost in that fight, right? Or does she lose them along the way? She loses the lunch. She get well she gives up her necklace.
0: Yeah, she gives up the necklace to make peace with Monica. Mhm.
2: Yet she offers it to her to eat, in which she says that the yellow ones, quote, taste like summer. Yeah. Um, um, just another beautiful little evocative moment.
0: And a good line for Michelle Trachtenberg.
2: Agreed. And a great delivery. Congratulations. Well I,
1: I hope she lives a good long life, that no Nona, no.
2: Death to none of them. Death
1: to <laughs> none of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone lives. They're lost, and Wayne tries to run home, and he uh, just runs them straight to the tracks, which is great. Um... And then we get the hairnet drawstring reveal, and there's finally a, a face-off between Pete and Pitstains. Like, Pitstains is trying to stop Pete from getting the penny off the tracks. The train is coming, big and climactic. The train runs over the penny, and the flattened penny flips up, In and there are two hands stretched out waiting for the penny to fall into it. Pitstain and little Pete, and it falls into little Pete's hand.
2: The luck is back, baby.
0: The look is back, and then uh, Pete gets decked in the stomach, and Pitstain's about to punch him even more when bus driver Steve Benedict appears and puts him under bus driver arrest.
1: In a very funny visual of, it seems that he just drove the bus through the forest and is parked alongside <laughs> the train tracks. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, maybe, maybe impressive from a production standpoint to get that bus there.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, uh, camera trickery happening. Here,
2: Oh, there's a great, well, the, the train is a great moment. I'm fairly certain the train is a toy train, right?
0: Oh, yeah, I was, I, I, I didn't it's hard think to tell it. with, um, with, with no- noggin.com quality.
2: Yeah, I was, I have the episode open. I, um, and I couldn't, it, it stopped scanning when I was looking, but I'm fairly certain at least one shot in it looked to me to be a, to be a, a model train.
0: I thought I thought it was it did well like it was very quick and uh it didn't you didn't have long I don't know why like whenever there's bad CG it's always there long enough for me to realize it's bad CG but if uh-huh. it's like a quick model shot I never notice
2: good good models used in special effects always a fan Always a fan. Uh, models are always better, as we ha- saw in the Lord of the Rings movies, which <laughs> in which they were used to great effect. Uh, I actually don't know. I think there are some shots that look l- as if they are a real train, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's like one shot that really felt like it was a model train. The very first shot, as the as the train comes out, and I don't want to play it because uh, uh, we the way we record will they will destroy your ears. Let me see if I can turn the volume off. Uh, okay, I've got it muted. I'm playing right now. Okay, he's playing
0: it. He's, I'm playing he's
2: it. I'm, go- I'm going back. We're at the, if you want a time code, it's at 2020. Um, She's looking at it. You can
0: type anything to a YouTube search bar. It
2: actually is not the... <laughs> That's a it, real train. It is not the first shot of the train. It's actually the second shot. I think it is a real train, Chad. I think you're right. Wow. I think they got a cameraman in front of there and just made him risk his life. Wow. Yeah, those kids were definitely standing and wrestling next to the actual train. <laughs> as it came by. Uh,
1: And so the train comes by. uh, It it hits the the lucky coin and empowered by fully charged luck powers, it goes straight flying into Pitstain's throat and kills him instantly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's beheaded uh, and it's magic bullet style. It pops right back out. And the Nick
2: execs come down and say, Pete and Pete is the greatest show we've ever created. (laughs) give this as many seasons as they would like and a movie, and a movie. I just
0: I, we probably talk about this every time but you'd have to fundamentally change everything about TV to ever see this again you wouldn't even see a YouTube oh series that that's like this
2: well we tried <laughs> <laughs> this whole, this
1: whole you know? episode as someone who is often given notes on my writing of like oh well we can't have um, uh, repeatable behavior <laughs> kids can't do things or even even the joke where, uh, yeah, the 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 cub the Cub Scout girl is pretend stabbing at them with viper with the blade not even drawn.
2: Yes, yeah. I thought about that too, Chad. Would
1: we'll never be able to do that now
0: because there'd be too many stabbed
1: kids. There'd be too many stabbed kids going, which is this, I don't know what you think kids are like. Let's go out and recreate our favorite episodes of Pete and Pete. You be Pete, I'll be the the Girl Scout. I'm going to pretend <laughs> to stab named you. Named once. Now. It was one. Like yeah.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. just you don't want to get sued. They don't that yeah. whatever they whatever they could do to not get sued, they'll do it.
0: It's just that they're cowards. We're the not. fact and
1: that I believe uh actually putting things on a train track is illegal. It is. And uh whether or not it'll actually disrupt dismantle a train, I can't tell. I see. It's stuff not good saying,
0: for the train. I'll tell you this much. It's not yeah? it, it's not how trains were not meant to run over pennies constantly. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> Quarters, in- yes.
1: Pennies no, it's the <laughs> copper that freaks them yeah, out.
0: Yeah. Uh I grew up on the train tracks. Uh in fact, every pretty much everywhere <laughs> I live I've been close to train tracks. Um and me and my dirtbag friends as uh, as children would leave many things on the tracks, and things the penny never was flattened like it was in Pete and Pete. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a professional like penny flattening device. Yeah, they smelted they
2: that. That's one of those tourism devices that you run through the crank and it gives you a fun picture on it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we just kind of couldn't find the pennies afterwards, (laughs) so...
2: You're lucky you didn't find them inside of your body, like a bullet.
0: So we just went back to throwing rocks at
2: windows. (laughs) Good old dirtbag behavior.
1: Or throw rocks at trains, you know?
2: (laughs) That's not illegal.
0: Not if you're an eight-year-old child. (laughs) It's not illegal. So there's a nice little uh, denouement at the end of this, where Pete is... Thankful for the friends who are around him, he says thanks for standing by me.
2: Which was a nice, I thought, a nice little line that they're even though there.
0: this this isn't super like it has elements of Stand by Me in there. It's kids, oh yeah, with, it's kids on a train track, which is always going to be compared to Stand by it, Me, it, of course. That,
1: it not only has elements of Stand by Me, it for some reason Pittsane was really giving me Stephen King it vibes of like this is the kid that Pennywise. Sends on a murder rampage to get to get the losers somehow.
0: You know the part in Pokemon Blue where it <laughs> references Stand By Me. Wait, what? What uh, are you talking about? So at the very beginning of Pokemon Blue, you can look at the TV mm-hmm. and it says uh, it's a movie where kids are on rail. Oh, I think I knew that. Yes, train tracks. I guess I should hit the road too. I thought they were referencing Pete and Pete. Wow, because I didn't see Stand By Me until Paul and I watched Stand By Me. But you know
2: what, Kevin in a way they were and that's cool it was all, it's yeah. all through the continuum of art <laughs> wow through the continuum of art they referenced it they referenced Pete and Pete and Stand By yeah. Me at the same time
0: the the railway tracks of Stand By Me stretch cross media
2: and cross oceans yeah there's always a train track
0: there's always a
1: lighthouse
2: <laughs> there's always a lucky penny
0: and then Pete decides he doesn't need the penny anymore cuz he's got friends and then when he realizes what idiots his friends are,
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's great because it's an incredibly unPete like moment. Pete has truly lost everything that is Pete about him in this moment. Until like you said, Kevin, he yeah. makes a quick one eighty, goes back and grabs the coin.
0: I love the line: "There are some things you need more than luck, like that." That like really hit me this time for whatever reason. Mm-hmm, yeah, but Pete going back to get the penny is like, but a little luck is nice. Like <laughs> I, I like it. It's a nice little. It, it keeps it from being too um, serious. A little too saccharine, right? Yeah. And, yeah.
2: and it's also uh, nice because it's uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne Payne, Wayne Pardue, yeah. is uh, Bar- talking about the the order in which they will sleep over each other's houses. And I think <laughs> Pete is recognizing he might need a little luck to survive with Wayne for a yeah. couple of nights in a row. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good. It's great. It's silly stuff.
2: It ends with a very nice, I think, Polaris track. We were looking at the end credits and. Kevin found that the Magnetic Fields were uh, credited on this one.
0: Yeah, I don't know if... Like like you said, Paul, I don't know if this was maybe like a cross-season credit to the Magnetic Fields mm-hmm. or what. Uh, additional music by the Magnetic Fields, Nice and Drop 19s. Don't know who most of those are, but nope. that's cool. Also, Aren't the Magnetic Chad,
1: Fields like a popular band? Like yeah. A, yes. Like a, yeah. yeah. They're huge. Polaris is a popular band. Well, I mean, yeah, but like... <laughs> Yeah, They did the sure. music for Pete and Pete. But Polaris was made for Pete and Pete, right?
2: Yes. yeah. But it's also a popular movie. Hey, Polaris is novelty music, Kevin.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> the things I like are not respected. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, you saw a name in, in the credits that like connects your work to Pete and Pete I'm somehow, very, right?
1: Yeah, I'm very confused confused. I, you know, well, two ways I can say. Uh, in the last year, I worked on a project that probably won't ever come out with Will McRobb, the creator of the show.
2: Oh, uh, that's right. I think you oh, told weird. us that, yeah.
1: But, uh, which was very, you know, cause I wanted to talk about it, and never did. Sorry not to have any cool insights to share with you. But then in the end of the credits, there was special thanks to uh, a Margie Cohen, who I think is supposed to be my former executive boss on Troll Hunters, who is the head of DreamWorks right now. Wow. But her name, I think, was misspelled in the credits.
2: But without a name. unless
1: there's a
0: Marjorie Cohn out there, which could yeah, be.
1: Well, well, yeah, the Marjorie Cohn, who is head of DreamWorks did have her initial early credits as a production assistant on Double Dare and Clarissa Explains It All. Oh, so it would make so she was working at Nickelodeon in the late 1980s, early 1990s. I could buy that she had some sort of special thanks credit on P and P for working on it, but also that she was a young PA, so they didn't get her name right. Is what mm-hmm. I'm guessing.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe she wasn't even a PA. She could have been thanked specially.
1: Yeah, yeah maybe. But maybe she maybe she made the snowballs.
2: I was gonna say maybe she flattened the coin. Maybe she'd fly on the
1: coin. She had to run to a cracker barrel and like get it made <laughs> just for that. <laughs> just crank it. Crank it with all her might. Crank get it get back. We'll re- we'll reimburse you a per diem for the mileage. Can I get one without uh, a bear
2: or a duck or a deer
1: on it? And hey, listen, that just goes to show you-, you gotta start somewhere. You can be a PA do- doing runs for P and Pete, and in a couple decades you'll be running boss baby. <laughs> wow. Life is good. Life is good. <laughs>
0: There's only one direction.
1: Upward
2: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh is that is that our p&p review uh yeah yeah
0: every time we do a Pete and Pete episode i know it is a reprieve it's a little reload recharge
2: moment for for me at least it's a beautiful Uh, show it has it's just it's so thoughtful it's uh the humor in it i i find to be very funny and i think it's just it's just really well directed it's a tasteful show my time
0: with film was very brief, um, but I really like doing film. Um, I've never been a great camera operator, uh, but I liked doing it. And whenever I see like the handcrafted nature of Pete and Pete, I'm always like, I kind of want to just like get out there with a digital camera and film something.
2: Yeah, it's not too late. It always it always strikes me. Like, for instance, the, the shot with the snowball. The yeah. shots like that are just like this is extremely low budget like like you're saying kevin it's it's going out with your friends and figuring out how to take care of the shots probably they didn't probably do a day of this was an actual production but it has that feeling of like oh what if we do it this way and then you you come up with the the method and then you just execute it in the cheapest most uh you know practical way possible and it's just it's so you can you can it oozes that that charm
0: yeah, it's just like what what is the script but a list of problems that we have to solve with mm-hmm. a camera somehow? Yes. And and then just taking them one by one. Like how do we make that first scene with Pete really dramatic? Why don't we hit it at like golden hour while he's walking up the staircase?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, it's it's finding those little magical moments of childhood, right? It's like yeah. everybody remembers when your house glowed mm-hmm. once a day, right? And like you it still my house still glows every every day that way. But I don't see it as much because I'm a little more trapped in my adult head. But yeah, but as a child, those moments hit you really hard and uh, they made things feel a little bit bigger and more important than they probably were at the time. And as
0: a filmmaker, you kind of look for those moments like you're you're tuned to them. You're right. looking for like that would make a good shot like that could mm-hmm. use that like this could all I, this, I can use all of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really fun. I think it turns like life into a little bit of a scavenger hunt.
2: Agreed.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, if you think we should uh, do more Pete, and Pete or if you have other things you want us to cover besides returning to R.L. Stein's Fear Street and Horrorland books, uh, you can support the show and guide our minds. Guide the, guide the <laughs> mind. Guide our minds and our <laughs> critiques and our voices over at patreon.com slash uh, your support keeps the show running, and you get to vote on what we're covering next. Uh, you also get bonus episodes of Camp Goosebud, which is like the banter at the start of this episode. But for an entire episode, you get a free bonus one every month with your pledge. Uh, there are dozens and dozens of Camp Goosebud episodes to go back and listen to. All funny, all good times. I think uh, at
0: least like seven years of Camp Goosebud's episodes or something like that.
1: That's a that's its own other podcast.
0: Yeah. That you can get for a dollar or five dollars or some amount of dollars. I don't five dollars. then Five
1: dollars. Yeah. You also get more lies in the book of names at the end of this episode as a way of saying thank you.
0: For 7,000 hours of podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Think about it. Think about the savings.
2: <laughs> uh, you guys have anything you want to send people to check out? I was just going to say um, we were recommended. E- Eerie Indiana was uh, one of the ways oh, yeah. that our, our minds were being persuaded uh, via our discord i can't i was i was just looking to see if i could find who recommended it and i could not find the name but i know someone recently recommended it and i do believe that's one we're going to check out so if there's shows along those lines the eerie indianas of the world uh let us know uh join our discord and by joining our patreon and let us know patreon.com slash Patreon patreon.com slash goosebuds.
0: also give also give also it's november uh, if you'd like, if you've got a nerd in your life and uh, you need to get that nerd a Christmas present, maybe get them the Space Kings book. Uh, If you order your Space Kings book this month, it'll probably get here, get to your place, get there in time for Christmas. <laughs> Or holiday. Or whatever the heck's going on. Buy a Space Kings book. It's a good RPG. I wrote
1: it. Get it for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's a
2: good time to play some games.
1: Make your make your family that you can't talk to about politics, make them play Space Kings.
0: Yeah, see what's lurking behind their eyes. Like see what creativity still burns within them. And uh maybe you'll like what you see.
2: Awaken their golden hours within them. (laughs)
0: Go to go to spacekings space, or better yet, book.spacekings.space space for the hard color, hardcover, full color version of the Space Kings book. It's good. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's it's fun, fun stuff.
1: <laughs> it's an it's an amazing game. Uh, also, check Thank out Pretend it. Friends. We're trying
2: to help you buy the book. Please. <laughs> Don't do this. We don't know what else to say. You can have it right now. You can just—it's
0: all—all you need is money. We'll ship it anywhere in the world. If you don't see your country on the on the uh, on the book site, then just send me an email, and I'll get it to you. It'll be all right.
1: Hey, also, if you want uh, other cool uh, stuff for the holidays besides Space Kings, you can go to our Etsy store, uh, Goosebuds, and get some of our cool merch. Uh, people sometimes might think you're wearing Goosebumps merch, which is also cool, even if they don't know the podcast. Then you can correct them, and they
0: can shrink away in disgust. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Drive them away from the podcast. That's, yes, that's the real prize. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I think that's it for the episode, y'all. Uh, thank you again for listening. And uh, Paul and Kevin, I'll I'll see you next time. We love you all. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>
0: This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our supporters in the Book of Names. The Book of,
1: the Names. Book of Names.
0: We'd like to thank these Patreon donors, like Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara
2: Hollis Hornbeak Lowbelly Hate Me Cameron
1: Murphy Audio Michael McDowell Hey Josh Rob Mickey C Nathan Dolzall Mike Lanteri Buddy Moral Allocade. Mel Dipson Afsheen, Dango Twists Zenta Bumps, Ooh. Stealth Bates, Robert Moon, Brian Wells, Jason Crooker, Clay
2: Castle, Miguel Pardo, John Keaty, Calf. Great news, Paranoia Shop just signed a $69 million deal with Spotify. Oh god, I missed out on all that money.
1: The Juggalobalist. Gregory D. Warren. Cody
2: Redfield. Bradford Coulter.
1: Aiden prays that ice worshippers get fat stacks. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, with that $69 million Spotify payout, you certainly did, Chad.
1: Prosperity (laughs) Gospel. (laughs) Jar Jar Slinks. Chosen One. Leviathan. Up Enchant. Jonas Engman. Carl.
2: Anthony Mulberry.
0: The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation.
2: Elusive Koala. Yanni vina Brooke X. Jesus Christ. Christian Vanskever. Drew Applegate.
1: Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hobgood. Zach Connor. Patreon underscore donator comedy Joe, spooky digital ghost, Tierney. Tom Whittem. Andrew Jadzak just saw a Frostbiterian's flyer. Come learn about the real truth of Kelvinist absolute zero. Light, frigid, refreshed.
2: (laughs) All right. A lot to take in there, uh, uh, Jads. We're going to have to read that one again for a couple months, I think.
1: Yeah, are they a splinter group? Are they us? I don't understand. Tell me more. (laughs)
2: Lord
0: Cornwallis. Carson Birkenbean. Murphy P. Sean Minogue. Tevin Ticklebean has a sock of loose (laughs) eggs.
1: Are they boiled or are they just raw? They're loose. (laughs) They're loose. They're not in the carton at least. (laughs) Rushy Glenn. Wiggle It. Luke Lafontaine, Alicia Grafe. Chip Handsome, Matt McClellan, Tanya Turtle, Juan Jalapena, Keith Halcrow, Timothy Misudilakis, Clay McCarty, Parker Lee, you can do it, <laughs> Sarah Gep. Jonas Blatterman,
0: hold on, there's a cat blocking my computer, <laughs> Ham underscore boat,
1: Raymond Hernandez, they're crow
0: fans, but seasonal, Matthew Sutton, sorry, there's a cat still blocking <laughs> my computer,
1: Who, who'd he get out of it? <laughs> Jeffrey Owen Kahi
2: I'm going to be cool uncle who do, you do whatever you want
1: Kelsey Kinneman.
2: She's going to who do, you do drugs <laughs>
1: She's doing them Russell Casper Xavier Jimenez Castillo Chris Putrakis. Scotty Pippin Alex Moon the robotic dog Flemily.
0: Paul Grasso believe in yourself
1: Joe regular name Scott Dungeon Kappa get a 401k Wow it's by his clerk ice acolyte hamster turns his cup of ice-lava down
2: yes. Yes.
1: ice-lava so isn't it ice
2: shit I don't know what ice-lava
1: is I made you think I think it's like a slushy crap limp duck Meat Virginia
2: Luke noodles Hugh Bolin
0: Zambambino
2: Estamina, Lord of Paul's Pants Chris, spooky gym shorts and a 4XL T-shirt. Stiffy Nelson. Woo. Damn. Streak. Nathan Remick. Need more kimchi. Kieran McNamara.
1: Diet soda. Lee Wood. Lamb. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Reed Stupendick. A pair of scots. Joey Evans.
0: Levi Kidder. Achieve.
1: Get nasty in the wastebasket. <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> David Gray. Carewise Gamji.
1: Bryce Theory.
0: Matthew Pratato. A wild swaggy yolo squire appears.
1: Cameron Hansen. Tacky Tammy. Success. Ma <laughs> <Bah>, the beat loaf. <laughs> You nailed you nailed the Will Ferrell there. <laughs> Help! I'm trapped in the weird vent that Paul's mom's cat was trapped in. A cat get out!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that I know this is a British person's uh name that they put in. Paul's
1: Mum. Mums. Mum's cat. mum's cat.
2: Well, we closed off we closed <laughs> off the vent, so sorry you're stuck <laughs> in there forever.
1: <laughs> it's been sealed. <laughs> Jonas Annabolson. b b Generally depressing. The deadly bulb graduates. <laughs>
0: Some of Chad's bird friends now live in the rafters of Ice Church. Thank you, Chad's (laughs) bird friend children.
1: Come on down there. Come on down. Come on down. Joe Gorman. Ben
2: Bohan.
0: Burgers overturned cup parentheses boiling double parentheses free the entity. Oh, I don't
2: know how I Mm. feel about the entity, but I do believe in melting the ice. Mm. Nicholas Maloney. Eric Horwitz, Tiffany Lee,
1: Thomas Jansis. Anthony Skips straight
2: to the Book of Names.
0: Whoa. Fuck yeah. Lucretia McEvil.
1: Mutant Astronaut. Henry Torbert, text your mom.
0: Calamity Carl, have a wonderful day.
1: germ Juice, call your girlfriend.
0: <laughs> Whoa. It's um, a Robin song. Oh. <laughs>
1: Okay,
0: little, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: Bodergard yeah, yeah. Epsilon Hamilton, aka Hambone, host of Radio Bone Air. Don't fucking tell me what to do. It's <laughs> another that's another reference to, to Robin. Adam Knapp. Nick Johnson. Logan Derby. Brad Schmelzer. Chick. Ryan Carroll. Come pick me up. It's for
1: Wendy's.
0: Jeremy Bowser, you can do it, you can get your license.
1: Callum Mr. Misfire West, you put that gun away. <laughs> No misfires today, not uh, neither for you, Mandy. Nasty. Skeletorin. Keep it up, Doctor Diarrhea. Keep those pants on. <laughs> <laughs> Megan McCormick Mason. Love your spices, Ninja Breadman. Yoplin. Philip Reynolds.
0: Hello to Kiss Frenchland.
2: Aaron Lord. Nate Bit G. Keep on drawing, Doctor Chalk.
1: Boss Garrison. Let the hostages go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mr. Porton wants to know if you can pee on the ice church floor. Uh, only if your pee's hot. O- d-
0: only in a certain corner. Ryan R. Davis, you have 72 hours to comply. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Scott Waple, you're close. Give them to me. Rocco.
0: Omega Bagel, a.k.a. Omega Bagel, a.k.a. George, a.k.a.
1: Josh.
2: Hi, Josh. Keep on zealoting. Robot Arita. Ev Dog.
1: S.S.J. Trogdor. Llama Lad.
2: Greg Musto.
1: <gasps> Mike Spaghetti Jones. Hi, first time, long time. Allie Rose. Sprinkle Buns. Hilda B. Chris. Liam Rogers. Steve Buscemi, fueled by gas station sandwiches and erasure mixtapes, plays Dota 2, Tidehunter Hunter only. <laughs> oh my god, he's gonna hit that alt. He's gonna hit that alt and stun everyone for six seconds. Big play, that's all you can really do is tide, hunter.
2: Big play Buscemi, that's what we call him
1: Ali underscore Suts Kate the Great My card.
2: Soggy Newspapers
1: Chris Kulik Dakota Kemp. John W Cassandra Harris Gulliver Saturn Video That last name was my favorite Big Nick Lane Kira and Brian are big fans Kiwi of Love Serial Killer X Wade Norcross Blake Cavan. Dan Antonio! Kit Bush. Sarah, Ernie, Sarah Sin. Dennis Wright. Joe with
2: the moon. Oh boy.
1: Goblin Grader tests the character count as a public service to all 69, 72, 75, 78, 81, 84, 87, 90, 93, 96, 99,
0: 103, 107, 111, 115, 119, 123, 127. Woo! It's Baby. a 128 character limit. Jesse. Cameron Ganseveld. I feel used. Chris Curto.
2: <laughs> Cole Gleason. Several <laughs> upset horses. Jesse Boggs. Michael Malloy. <laughs> Matt Septor.
0: Greg Gervasi, aka Vitizen. I'm tired of people saying that's not what that is.
2: Kyle O'Neill. I called it when Nick Murphy called it. Tonight at <laughs> 11.
0: Anthony Rodriguez.
1: B. Goonkahoos
2: saw Undertaker at Walgreens. What was he buying?
1: How are you still alive?
0: We forgot to change our Patreon name for a while, but Jeff Webb parentheses Big Baby <laughs> and I still appreciate all the ongoing bits in the butt. In the butt. <laughs> in the butt. <laughs> See, this is why Goblin Grader did that public service for everyone.
1: Just alpaca uh, uh, queens. Yes.
0: Traku, the thing that goes doink in the anime. Doink.
1: Doink. Anthony Stoker.
2: Brony underscore Danza. Tanya Hyde. Spencer, why? Wunderskin.
0: Max, schism advocate, pledges his cup facing upward,
1: yes. Thank you, schism child. <laughs> Thank you, schism child. yells down for the schism. You're welcome. Dog lips underscore Kajoyan. Wunderskin again. What's going on with you, Wunderskin? you, Paul Sentient My Buddy Doll, a.k.a. the real Mr. Bad Boy.
0: (laughs) I'm a bad boy.
1: (laughs) Her, a.k.a. Cyber Bully. Chris and the Canine Conundrum. Grab Comics. Barbin.
0: Talene McKnight got married to Ross, not from Friends McKnight.
1: (laughs) Oh, congratulations. What a royal wedding. Logan Kilgus. Bosforatu. Starship Nine. Kumquat Behavior Podcast. (laughs) Proper spaceman.
0: Canadian ghoul.
1: Angelo Edward Longton Santone. Smellities.
0: RIP Chad Quant. His paranoia didn't save him from being hunted by troll (laughs) prodigies in the wizard Show.
1: I like it. It's really
2: encompassing my entire (laughs) life and death. (laughs) Elodie. Caleb Snyder, grandmaster of spells and enchantments, pledges his wizard staff and Ancient tome to Paul. Thank you, Tom Child. Good dear kid.
1: Agents Miskatonic. Lumo Nuba. Brian Udath. Julius the Nice Dragon. Ooh. Nail seven. A tall glass of dumb bitch juice. Nowhere Lucas. Brian Storo. CL Reagan pledges
0: his ice church tithes to Chad.
1: Thank you, Reagan. Thank you for your follow boy love. Ben Flioyos. <laughs> Sire. <laughs> A valiant attempt, Chad. Justin. Gumblegore. <laughs> Bob Cabbage. Shayna S Jaybird, You're on the right track.
2: And welcome to the Book of Names, John Farrington. H- Hello and well met, Jolly O'Jules. Let us know where you fall on the schism lines.
0: Oh my god, we've attracted the attention of the number one <gasps> gnome. <laughs>
2: the number one gnome welcome
1: and welcome to the book of names nat noah thank you all so much
2: you're our eternal roommates forever
1: (sighs) goodbye i love you
0: goodbye bye okay bye